Do you have a property that is in rough condition, has tenant issues, or a project that never got finished? Then you need to contact Homelink Properties. This Springfield, Missouri-based company will give you a fair cash offer on your property, completely as is, the same day you reach out. If you're an investor, Homelink Properties can also put your house in front of hundreds of cash buyers so that you too can quickly sell your property. Give them a call today, 417-295-0723. Titan Title and Closing of Missouri is ranked as Missouri's top title company for real estate investor transactions. Titan is your local title and investor-friendly experts. Whether you're seeking wholesale or assignments, subject tos, Titan can help you with your transactions. Sam and her team have made it their passion and drive to give investors a learning opportunity to expand their knowledge in order to grow and succeed in their ventures. I personally use them. They're fantastic. Give the experts a call today. 417-882-2100. Welcome to the Growth Circle Podcast, discussing topics of personal growth, gathering stories of individuals embarked on the path to success, and most importantly, providing a platform for individuals that want to learn and grow. And now, here are your hosts, Jake Ingledew and John Mitchell. Welcome to another episode of the Growth Circle Podcast. Super excited about today's guest, uh, John and I. This is probably one of our favorite person people on the on this planet Earth because of all the deals we do with her. Uh, but we've got Sam Baird on the podcast today, and she is the general manager of Titan Title, the best closing title company in the state of Missouri. Well, you're kind. In the United States. <laughs> in, in the United States. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Think big, Jake. So thanks for coming on, Sam. We're super excited to have you on and to be able to pick your brain. And, and what we'd like to do to kind of get started is maybe to tell your story uh, about getting into doing title work and getting in with Titan Title and then maybe go into educating us on some uh, title closing stuff that we need to know. Fantastic. There's a lot. <laughs> Cool. So let's uh, let's go right into your story. Sure. How did you get into it, and uh, what's your expertise in uh, in title work? <laughs> Actually, it goes pretty far back. Um, you know, it was kind of an accident getting into this. My father actually started uh, and wrote the first ever construction disbursement program for a title company, and um, he was trying to pimp me out to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> So he, he got me a job with the title company he was writing the, the construction program for, and I started in it with uh, doing data entry and, and research. Uh -huh. um, and I, I just, I was one of those people that um, I always wanted to know why, why this, why that, you know, uh -huh. how they do that. And so the owner of the company at that time sent me to school to, to learn more about the industry and, and um, you know, drawing legal descriptions and really understanding the the whys and the you know behind how it's mm -hmm. all done so i enjoyed it so much that i just never left <laughs> so that's that's awesome so that's kind of how you got started mm -hmm. and then ultimately you kind of went down this rabbit hole and started working with titan title yeah it's um it was definitely one of those things that you know the the more i got into it i i my whole background mainly was in the research side of it mm -hmm. so 
finding the issues, finding the solutions, uh, getting it prepped and ready for closing um, was not, still am not ideal on being the front face of a lot of things. I'm, I'm not really that big of a people person <laughs> for, for people who know me. Um, yeah. uh, but, you know, I, I was one of those that I wanted to know and understand from beginning to end the whole process mm-hmm. uh, just because if I was asked questions, I wanted to be able to answer those dil- diligently. So That's awesome. When did you start getting into <laughs> investing? Because I know you, you do a little bit. Did you get into that as you were getting into doing like title work? No, actually, the investment side came not really a long time ago. It's probably about five, six years ago. Um, I had uh, a fellow investor uh, come to me with a transaction, and I was kind of confused as to the process of what he was asking for. And I, I really like that because I like people to bring me things that help me learn more. Mm-hmm. And when he brought that to me, I got with my underwriters um, and did a little digging and research on, you know, what it means for investment closings. Not so much, you know, somebody buying a commercial piece of property. It was more on the assignments, the wholesales, the subject twos, um, and getting involved in that. And, and after doing the research, found out, you know, this is, this is great. I can do this. And so I just basically the, the the biggest part of the whole thing was making sure these these uh, transactions were going to be insurable. Um, it wasn't well known in the area on assignments and wholesales, and so I was very excited to be you know one of the first people that can handle those. Yeah. And it just blew up from there. And you're still one of the only people that can handle it here in Springfield. I mean, there's other title companies that can, but. Uh, not quite as at the level that you guys do, but can you talk a little bit about what um, an assignment is and uh, what wholesaling is a little bit so that way we can hear your perspective on it and how that transaction I'll, looks? I think also as like how does a wholesale work or how does an assignment work because I know like the first time that I ever did an assignment contract or bought a contract on an assignment, it was like such a confusing I was like, man, how is this working? Like, this mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. So, like, mm-hmm. to ref- like to go back to what Jake said, can you explain to us, like, what an assignment looks like and mm-hmm. how it works from the title side? Yeah. So, a lot of it, it's it's really, once somebody understands the meaning behind them, it's really not difficult. And um, it's it's mainly just, just learning the definitions behind everything. So an assignment and a wholesale uh, for title side is depending on what type you're doing. So if you're doing an assignment, that consists of us doing one file. Um, inside of there is your assignment. Um, you take your main contract. You have an assigned. Uh, your uh, eventually you have an end buyer. Mm-hmm. A wholesale is uh, two files for us. Okay. So you can have multiple of the same property. So I think. You know, in, in my time here, it's the biggest I've ever had was probably a six wholesale contract. Was Mike Bowman in on that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sure if he's listening, he would love to be a part of that. Yeah, he he's loving that we're talking about him. <laughs> um, but now uh, I, I sometimes, um, not to be stingy, but some of those, because I actually did the due diligence to, to learn about that, you know, I, I want other 
companies out there if they want to do that they need to learn how to mm-hmm. do them sure um plus everyone's got different underwriting that you know whether or not they can handle those or ensure those um but the biggest for investors to really learn the difference is there's only one thing do you want the end buyer to know what you're making mm-hmm. a lot of so, times that's no right just for you guys right your listeners to know if you're doing wholesaling, mm-hmm. you don't want the end buyer to know what right. you're making. So that that is the biggest difference with assignments and wholesales is do you want your end buyer to know what you're making? So right. Yeah. yeah. For some people, it matters. For some people, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. some of the people we have relationships with, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but we don't care because they, they know if it's a win-win-win, mm-hmm. they don't care. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Okay. On to the next. Uh, so... Um, I had a question. It just slipped my mind. So I'm hoping Jake will pick up. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that process of a wholesale. So say I am a wholesaler, right? Uh, I find a property that's probably maybe run down, maybe vacant, maybe some overgrown stuff. Mm-hmm. And I reach out to whoever owns that property. Mm-hmm. And then I get it under contract because I'm like, oh, I want to buy that. So essentially what a wholesaler does is they're they're – by getting a property under contract and they're flipping the contract to mm-hmm. somebody else to buy and they're getting a little fee off of it, basically like a finder's fee for sure. finding it. And then the other person that's buying it is usually an end investor sure. that's gonna flip it or you know uh, do a buy and hold or anything like that, correct? Sure. Okay, Is there what do you feel like um, our audience needs to know as far as title work, especially if they're beginning, getting into investing? What are some things they need to look for when, um, whether even buying deals or just title work in, in and of itself or contracts? So um, those are really good questions, all of them actually, because initially uh, the closing will depend on what comes back on the searches. Um, right now, the biggest hurdle that we're finding is because of COVID, uh, a lot of people who've been hospitalized, been sick, not been able to make payments on their homes, kind of let their um, their bills kind of stack up. There are a lot of the properties that have a lot of liens that come back mm-hmm. on them. So you're looking at judgments, tax liens, um, forbearance issues if they were behind on their loan payments. So that is the biggest hurdle um, for the title work and most all investors want their contracts to close as quickly as possible Possible. because you make that deal with the seller that you can close quickly Mm -hmm. and that is our hurdle of we would like for that to happen but we just cannot determine that until the title comes back some of the liens can be cleared very quickly uh, with the help of the seller obviously Um, but then there are several liens that take a lot more time which is uh, tax liens, so their federal tax liens, if they are in foreclosure proceedings, mm-hmm. um, judgments, because we're having to deal with attorneys at that time. And everybody knows attorneys, <laughs> no fault to anybody <laughs> listening. Um, they, they just not, not really on top of it. Right. They <laughs> don't, just don't move as fast as we'd like for them to move. <laughs> yeah. There's some good ones and there's a lot of not so good ones. Exactly. So um, kind of maybe educate me a little bit so if i was going to buy a property uh, i've got it lined up with the seller um, i've got it under contract and the title work comes through and it's got a tax lien on it Mm -hmm. what happens so usually when it depends on which kind if it's a a state tax lien we actually have connection with the state uh, that we can get those pretty quickly 
federal on the other hand is the more um, taxing you know type of one that we have to get because it just really depends on how much they owe mm -hmm. so this is where your title company um, that you prefer to go to really Titan title <laughs> <laughs> knows how those work so obviously if you have a contract you're buying uh, say for twenty thousand dollars, and they have a forty thousand dollar tax lien. Mm -hmm. You, you kind of want to know that as soon as possible because that's going to be your way out. Yeah. Because there's just no way that seller is going to be able to come in with the additional twenty thousand dollars. So in a situation like that, if I was the investor, I'd probably be like, okay, that kills the deal. I'm walking away from right, it. Right. Right. You know, I mean, some some investors. Um, depending on the type of lien, if it's if it's not too bad, they'll discuss it and kind of adjust their prices. But again, when it's exorbitant amount that you just know you're not gonna cover because if you're wholesaling, you have mm -hmm. to make a little bit, but it also still has to be profitable to your end buyer. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a question for you is if someone was uh, getting started in investing, and cause you know, we talk about building a team and how important it is to build a team to have a good title company that you're working with to have a good real estate agent you're working with or a wholesaler or a loan officer and, and so on and so forth. What are some things that that investor could do to build a relationship with a title company? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even someone like yourself, what is something that you look for um, that could help build that relationship that they can do to kind of help propel themselves and, and to be successful? So when we start, I, I, I preach this, I teach it to my team. Um, even when I, encounter new clients communication across the board is the key um, if we don't have good communication especially with the middleman because the middleman is going to be the one who talks to the seller your buyer mm -hmm. um, also between the title company to let you know how the process is going if there are issues being encountered through the process that can really affect whether it's on your end buyer side or whether it's your seller side so communication is is a huge key um, and and just letting the you, you know just letting you know up front this is what we're going to need mm -hmm. this is what we expect um, I usually, whenever I encounter new investors, I usually try to meet with them. They meet my team that's going to be working with them and just letting them know at that time these these are the items that we normally ask for up front. Uh, we require to let us know if you are assigning or wholesaling because the transaction itself is very simple for mm -hmm. us. It is when we don't know which one you're doing and then at the last minute, the day before <clears throat> it makes it a little bit stressful okay <laughs> jake i may have done that to you one time one time <laughs> um because it's a lot of back-end paperwork on our end yeah. that we have to do and then obviously our goal is to make sure we have statements out to everybody in a timely fashion we like to have them out at least two days before so, you know, if it's coming down to that day before, we're stressing out because we're trying to get your end buyer, you know, and your seller on the same page of mm -hmm. the money that needs to be brought in, where they're going to be, if they're not going to be attending closing. You know, there's a lot of things in there that we have to know so we can be prepared before the actual closing date. Sure. So. Right. If, so if um, – trying to figure out how to phrase this. Um, actually, let's just do this. Can you maybe, because I think a lot of people, um, especially if they haven't gotten started in investing in real estate, they don't know how the process works. Mm -hmm. Can you walk us through the process of what it looks like to close 
on a transaction? Yeah. Um, so obviously we normally don't start anything until we have an actual executed contract. Uh, that is just attesting that both parties do agree to the transaction. Um, we take about, you know, a little bit of time to do the search on the property. I examine every single property that comes through uh, just to kind of see if there are any issues. And then I'm going to let, you know, if there are issues that have come up, you know, some judgments, tax liens that can potentially, you know, uh, cause you the deal, mm-hmm. um, probate, <laughs> things like that. Those are some big ifs, you know, then might as well not even work on that. Um, once we get it clear, then we'll then at that time start working with the seller to, to get payoffs, things like that. We'll start working with um, the numbers, getting everything ready. Um, at that time, you're still either working on you know your end buyer or your end buyer maybe getting a loan um, with commercial loans. Great people to work with on those. I, I always have a great team of lenders that are very familiar with investor closings. Um, and then we just work together, you know, getting everything put together for everybody. So then <clears throat> from there, we'll start sending emails out and contacting the customers both all the way through the process of letting them know where we're at, what they're looking at, um, the timeline, finding out whether they're going to be here, whether they're not going to be here, how we're going to get their documents um, and then just finalizing everything down. So this is where we start to get everybody together. Uh-huh. Um, for those people out there who do know me, I normally will start sending an email of, I haven't heard from you. <laughs> if you want this to close, you need to communicate with me. <laughs> it's mainly a, just a timing thing. That I, I, we want, you're bringing us your deal. Mm-hmm. And we need to make sure that you guys look good as well. You know, all the parties involved. And so the biggest important thing to that seller is knowing that they chose the right person to do their transaction with right. sure. and because the consumer is the biggest person you know they're gonna they're gonna talk i mean if they're sitting in a ball game they're like oh i sold to jake ingledu and and he was great to work with so you know yeah it, it's just a word of mouth and you don't want that bad that reputation. bad reputation that you know oh they were horrible we don't want to work with them yeah. that starts to get passed around so it's and our there job. Are those out there. Yeah. And there's some I'm sure you've shunned and said, oh, we're not doing business with you anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, vice versa, I'm sure, you know. And, but um, it's it's definitely one of those things that we really try to work hard to make sure that all parties involved have a good transaction that it, it keeps going. You know, the word of mouth, you know, the reputation is at right. hand. And, and everybody enjoys that. You know, they hear the name of, Oh, I've got to deal with John Paul or or Jake Ingle do. They're gonna uh-huh. be like, Oh, they're great guys. Yeah, let's go ahead and work with that. Yeah. That's part of that. Right. So Yeah. That's awesome. I've I so I wanted to ask a question because I'm curious myself. So as far as buying a house off the courthouse steps, mm-hmm. like uh, I guess those would be like foreclosures or tax lien properties, correct? So that is Or a, not foreclosures, like right. tax lien properties. So there there are there are two and again, it, this comes down to the definition because it can get very confusing. It can be the wrong type of transaction. Tax sale properties happen every year. And that is non-payment of taxes for a few years. The collector will then put your property up for tax sale. Which is coming up here soon in a lot of cases. That is the correct. So it should be coming up here this weekend <laughs> in the what? beginning of next week. Going to one. Are you? Um, yep. The Ready other one, the other one is for uh, courthouse steps for foreclosures. You know where the trustee um, is selling the property off. They've taken the property back and they're selling it at the courthouse steps to the highest bidder. 
two totally different types of transactions mm-hmm. and closings. Um, tax sales do not clear anything. Tax sales are, if you have time to waste, they'll be great to buy the property if they're clean, and then you have to sit on it for a year. Oh, man. Whereas the foreclosed ones at the auction, um, you know, the, the main bank who holds the lien is the one who is foreclosing on their loan, and that will clear away that loan. Both, I recommend our investors um, to call and have a search done or, you know, make an appointment with us and we train you to look for those items, look for things so that you can do it on your own Mm -hmm. to see, you know, if those properties that you're interested in are worth your while. What are some things that somebody would look for um, for a property that was a tax land property? So for tax sale or for the foreclosure? Tax sale. Let's do tax sale. So tax sale... Uh, one one of the things I tell people to look for is um, if the homeowner had a main loan, because a lot of times if they had a main loan, it wouldn't even most of them won't go to tax sale because the collector the taxes are being paid through their escrows. Mm-hmm. The other thing is <clears throat> if they have federal, state tax liens and judgments, because you're you're basically bidding on that property to sit on for a year but you're incorporating all of those debts with that. Mm. Those don't go away and you're gonna have to figure out, you know, if you can, if you wanna go that route. Um, a lot of times if they go to tax sale, other than the owner not paying their taxes, is probably the owner has passed away and the heirs don't wanna keep the property. In that fact, you know, if, if there are some liens or anything like that and nobody has, uh, nobody has redeemed the property or has come forward, um, after the redemption period, um, we advise that you go through the process to have a quiet title done. Mm-hmm. So again, that takes a little bit more time on top of that. Um, quiet title process, you know, it's the same thing. It's title company does a search for you. We list all the issues, potential issues that would need to be cleared in order for the property to be insured. Um, the tax sale properties though, you, people, what people don't know is if you do end up getting that property to tax sale and you do not go through a quiet title process, it is not insurable for up to 10 years. Whoa, really? Like home insurance? No, title like, insurance. Okay, title insurance. I was like, what? Okay, what about, what about a property that you're buying that is a foreclosure? Is there not, is there as, as much due diligence or less due diligence? Sometimes, and it really depends on the search because, you know, if they're anything federal, obviously, usually doesn't get cleared away. Um, So they're case by case. They they don't have a waiting period like tax sales do. So there is no redemption period. The only thing that can come back to redeem um, a foreclosure would be the IRS or anything judicial. Can can you buy a for sale or a foreclosure property before it goes to auction or try to? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. How would a person go about doing something like that? So each lender that is going through the foreclosure, pre-foreclosure process or going through an auction process, uh, their attorneys are the ones who are taking care of that. And you would need to get a hold of the attorney for the bank that's handling those. Um, and a lot of times they'll work with you know the person that's the homeowner, um, let them know that they're wanting to make up the payments. And basically you just have to pay um, whatever's owed getting it current and whatever attorney fees that they have incurred. Mm. Um, but that is definitely a timeline 
process as well because you you've got to have all that done before it is to go to auction gotcha so yeah i mean that we we can we, we do quite a bit of those as well um and it's a lot of working with the attorneys what are some good do's and don'ts that people should know especially if they're getting started uh mm-hmm. as far as it comes to t- title work just for the title work itself yeah, just for the and closing and uh or any other advice you you want to give for some do's and don'ts if you're getting started in invest, there's a investing. lot <laughs> there's a lot um this is going over the airways right don't, don't. <laughs> um do make sure that you know your contracts are you know um sufficient that everything is addressed in their marketability especially for investors now mm-hmm. you know the real estate, the one, the contracts that the realtors use, obviously, their state, their NIRs, and they go through the Greater Board mm-hmm. of Realtors. Um, but for investors, a lot of them have their own investment contracts, and mm-hmm. it's definitely important to have in there that you know it's mar- it needs to be marketable, because that's what you're doing is you're marketing it out, um, and that way it's not um, being secret to your seller. You know, if somebody else is calling on the property or anything like that, you know, technically, you know, you have it in your contract that you have the right to market the property. Mm. Okay. Um, Where can somebody go to get a good contract? Will they write it up with a lawyer or could they reach out to a title company and see if they have a good template or... Uh, we do not provide those contracts. We're we're not allowed to, um, but investors all have their own um, contracts they've gotten, their own style of contracts they use. A lot, some of them are pretty different. Some of there are some other investors who have attorneys prepared their own contracts, which I don't suggest you taking from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, there are some groups that are in Springfield that you can get together with and share. Yeah, right. You know, contracts, things like that. But definitely don't step on other investors' toes by taking their types of contracts they have. Right. Um, that's another big don't is just don't step on other investors' toes. Right. That's the biggest way to get blackballed. Yeah. You start stepping on their toes. Yep. <laughs> crossing the line there. Um, but again, th- that's there's just a whole lot of do's and don'ts, uh-huh. um, especially with for title side. Because title is, you know, the title companies work for everyone okay it's not just one-sided it's we have to work for everyone um but we definitely know how these work and that's why we're professionals at this and that's what made us so good at it is because of the fact that i did do a lot of research i did talk to a lot of investors every investor has a different idea has a different goal and has a different style of how they have things done. Mm-hmm. And title companies have to respect that and be able to handle those transactions for each one. What do you feel like has set you apart and made you so successful? Because I know in the community that if I talk to any investor and we say, what title company do you like to use? It's gonna be Titan Title. <laughs> That's uh, great. <laughs> what, what do you feel like has set you apart and helped you to be known as like the go-to, especially for investors? Yeah. Um, number one is because I know what I'm doing. Um, everything from what type of their, I, I basically can answer the questions before they ask it. So I know what they're trying to do. Um, 
the second big thing is is if they run into a problem or an, a slight issue, I tell them, you know, it, it, without crossing legal boundaries, because it, when you start getting into the legal side, we're not attorneys, mm-hmm. all right? So we even have attorneys that we'd work with or advise with, um, in-house attorneys, things like that. And so we, we cannot give legal advice at all. And so when it comes to certain parts of your transaction, we'll say, okay, you know, in this position, you really do need to get an attorney involved with this type of transaction. Or we'll say, okay, you know, your seller is trying to do this, so we advise that you, you know, talk to them, communicate with them. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to help you out. Um, when it comes to title issues, um, most places just say, hey, Jake, we have an issue on title. We can't close till it's fixed. And then you're going, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> where we will say, hey, we're going to do this. We'll get the payoff, but we need a little help from the seller or you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do this. You can do B. You can do C. Right. We at least throw out some ideas of what can be done, but we have to have your help to do it. Right. So so if someone's listening to this and they're, let's say they're not in Springfield, Missouri, and they're, I don't know, somewhere else. Let's say they're on the West Coast or whatever. What are some questions they should ask to find out whether or not a company, uh, uh, title company is investor friendly? So first of all, is um, grill them. I mean, I have, I've had, you know, investors from out of state call us up and they'll just start grilling us. They'll start using terms that are very uh, popular with investors. Assignment, wholesale. Can you do a subject too? Ask if those title company knows what that means and what the transaction process is to that. Mm-hmm. That right there in itself, if you can understand that and you can walk them through the process without the investor telling you how to do it, that that's won them over right there. Gotcha. Just because of the mere fact you know what you're talking about and you're saying the key things that investor is wanting to hear. Right. And that's exactly. So it's basically, it's, it's like a Q&A, but when something that I have found out what the out-of-state investors are doing is they'll call me, they'll ask me a question, and then I take it from there and just tell them bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. Uh-huh. And they come back and they're like, that's it. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a, so yeah, it, it's a lot of just knowing and understanding the process. Right. So. And it's nice having a title company like Titan too that can kind of understand some of the more creative financing ways. That way when you send them a contract, they already get what you guys already get what's mm-hmm. going on, you know? Yes. And and I like I said, I have I have several hometown lenders here that I work extremely well with and you know if they ever work with someone they're not sure exactly what the investor's trying to do they call me up we work with them and say hey you know this person this is how he wants to do things mm-hmm. this is what he wants to do is, you know is that something you can do and I mean we having a, a great relationship with these lenders that want to be able to be a part of these investor closings you know, is a big key as well because yeah. that just makes the title go even faster for them. Yeah. Um, and then that also brings business to the banks. Um, it gets you a good reputation and a good, you know, connection with the bank to get your loans. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's all about the connections, the communications, and just bringing everybody together. Yeah, I, there's, I would say t- title work, having a good title company and a good loan officer, how... I mean, it's so crucial to being successful in real estate mm-hmm. and having those relationships is super important. Um, and we just talked about this on our last podcast we did. It's just you've got to you've got to network and you've got to develop those relationships, mm-hmm. um, especially because like 
even someone like me, I'm still fairly new at investing. You know, I've only done probably like total, maybe like 13, somewhere between 13 and 15 transactions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm still, there's still a lot of stuff that I don't get or mm-hmm. even on the back end of stuff that you guys do that I don't yeah. understand. But having a good title company that can educate you and make the process smooth. Oh, absolutely. takes off so much stress absolutely. off of me as the investor. I, I do do a lot of training. I Even my team here, it, it, we train every week, um, every month. And, you know, when I started, even with when I was doing retail stuff, and I still do retail stuff, but um, just training the realtors. I would used to teach classes to help with realtors to understand title, the closing, understanding your title work, um, explaining to them what things mean on the title work. It just helps you understand your transactions better because you're. this is not going to be the first time you right. ever encounter certain issues on title. And the more that you understand the process, the more that you're able to talk to the seller more diligently that they're looking at you going, oh, you know what you're doing. Okay. It just the knowledge. It, it's true. I mean, like Schoolhouse Rock. That's how I learned English. <laughs> <laughs> knowledge is power. Yeah, right. It is, right. And, and people need to seek it out more often because just like what you you were talking about. But even you know, going to a loan officer, pick their brain, learn how mortgages work, understand how you need to look good on paper to get the financing. Pick a uh, real estate agent's brain about what the market's looking like. You know what you know what's a good investment if and you gotta you know obviously do your due diligence to make sure that they're a good person to advocate uh-huh. for those um, topics, but uh, it's just so important to just seek the knowledge and then take action. Right. And we're, we're just a part of it, but it, we're also a huge part of it mm-hmm. because you, you won't be able to close a transaction without the title work without a search. I mean, nobody's going to give you title insurance without having a search done on the property um, and making sure everything is clean and clear for you. Because if you're, if you're assigning and wholesaling and your end buyer is stuck with something on title that didn't get cleaned, your end buyer is not going to want to close with you anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's all the way through. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Awesome. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about, Sam or John? Any questions you had to bring up before we go to the, the concluding this, uh, this podcast episode? Oh, sure. If I can, um, I just wanted to let everybody know, um, we, we have a, uh, investor seminar that I normally host annually and it's actually coming up on September 8th. Uh, it is Thursday, first Thursday in, in September. And, um, it's held at the relics event center on West battlefield. It's just past Grizzly in Springfield, and, Missouri, in yep. Springfield. Um, for those of you here, <laughs> um, this is a great place. I, I actually, um, started doing this because of my influx with the investor uh, community. And again, everybody had questions. Everybody wanted to know how things worked. Everybody wanted to know if I had lenders that I work with. And so um, I was just on the phone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I started having this in this this uh, this seminar where I just brought everybody that I know, um, you know, people that are part of groups, people who are not a part of groups, lenders that we work with and we just bring everyone together and we start to collaborate we talk about uh what's going on in the market we talk about title we talk about you know you know the lenders will talk about their rates what's going on at the time and at this particular one i've got a couple of of, uh, experienced investors who will be there to talk about how they became successful and how to maintain that so um, definitely something worth coming to. I, yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to ask this yet or not, but is uh, Andrew Newland speaking at one of those? 
<laughs> he is. Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, so yeah. I've seen some stuff, some content of his coming up. So I was like, he's he's getting ready to be part of some event. So. Andrew, I have to I have to proudly say Andrew is um um we we uh, started working with him brand new when he first started, wow. and it was just it is very awesome and humbling to to see that you know uh he's grown so much in this industry yeah. and he's a great guy he's, yeah. he's a very he's wonderful a big person player yes too, yes so. very yeah i think i've seen something on facebook that he had posted it was like a it's like in the rei group i think is that that meeting that yeah. we're talking about yeah yeah oh yeah that's yeah. tomorrow yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah that is tomorrow okay yeah i seen him on that we just talked to Andrew today. So if someone wants to go to this event, not only will Sam Baird be there, John Mitchell might be there. I'll be there. Uh, Jake Ingledew is going to be there. Andrew Newland's going to be there. So you're going to have the opportunity to rub shoulders with, uh, I probably shouldn't throw myself in the mix of this, but like smart people <laughs> that are like doing well besides myself um, and, and get to learn and, and network. And it's a great opportunity. Any opportunity to network with, uh, you know, people that, are in a in a network like this is a is a great opportunity that's how me and jake kind of got our bearings was you know a lot of the people that were around and you know you sam and and andrew and just a lot of great people that are in the investor community has definitely like risen us to where we're mm-hmm. at now yeah, oh for yeah sure. definitely so, for, for sure. sure absolutely and and that it's the one thing that i really have learned through working with investors is they they are some great people i mean you guys are great people and I, I would I love working with investors all day long just because we're able to to be ourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, in the industry that we're in, we have to you know it's to be professional, know what we're talking about, um, understand what we're talking about, um, certain precedents in the title industry, and um, you know it's it's great to be able to be ourselves around you guys. So yeah. that's that's sure. the one thing I really yeah, especially enjoy. like you know Mike Bowman he shows up with his long hippie hair. And his, <laughs> you know, Shoes, holes in his shoes. I hope, I hope he listens to this. Eye catching. You get to feel more comfortable around people like that. Be yourself. Oh, <laughs> so. I tell you what, they, there's some good guys yeah. out there. There's some great people. I'm, I'm very honored to to be a part of their lives and and them. You know, I I feel great to have you guys. You know, be a part of ours too. My team loves you guys, and um, that's again, it's it's all about relationships mm-hmm. um, and just not being you know business partners. It's it's being your friends. Sure. Yeah. And if I've learned one thing doing this stuff, it's for myself. I actually work better and harder for my friends. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, because there's a certain expectation there. Yeah. People you, people you know and like, you'll work harder for. Yes, yep. definitely. Uh, we're going to go into the last segment of the podcast. It's kind of like our hip fire round where we ask three questions to every single guest. Uh, <laughs> so the first question is, is, what's the most recent book you've read and what's one thing you've learned from it? Is there dead air? <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I can't answer that one. <laughs> oh, come on, Sam. You're not a reader? Okay. No, I am. I just can't remember the title. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. So, no worries. Uh, so, well, let's do the second question then. Uh, what is, uh, what's one principle you strive to live your life by? Always stay humble. Always. I didn't get here by myself. So. Mm. That's yeah. awesome. That's great. That's advice. an important one to know. Uh, third question, final question. Uh, what's one of the greatest pieces of advice you've been given? You're not alone. Uh, having a good team behind your back will make you a greater, a better person. So that's yeah. awesome. That's always, awesome. always remember your team, which also follows being humble. So yeah, which yeah. For sure. by the way, I've got to compliment you. You have done a great job at building, building a, a team. really awesome team. 
Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, the people here are next to none. Just nice and genuine and always willing to help and answer the phone. So So in closing, I'll say, Sam, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. And if you want to work with a good title company and you happen to be in Springfield, Missouri and want the best of the best, work with Sam Barrett and her team at Titan Title. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Growth Circle Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, connect with Jake and John on Instagram at Jake Ingledew and at John underscore the underscore builder. Until next time.